Thank you so much for sticking with us for Take 10. At the end of each of our Caregiver SOS programs, we provide a dialogue between Dr. Jamie Heisman, nationally known expert on caregiving and addictions, and Carol Zerniel, our co-host here on Caregiver SOS On Air. And Carol, you came up with a pretty good topic. It's uh, the top 40 rules for caregiving from Dr. Jamie Heisman. Well, you know, Jamie, if you've heard Jamie before, know his top three rules are don't isolate don't isolate. And number three, don't isolate. So, Jamie, what, what's bad about isolation? What's the deal? Well, you know, isolation is, um, how do I say this? It's a self-engrossed phenomenon. How's that? You know, when we have mental illness or when we're feeling depressed or even if you have an addiction, the world gets a lot smaller. And so we don't reach out. We don't connect. Most of the things we do are done in a vacuum of, of, of isolation. And so we don't have this wonderful air conditioning of reflective ideas coming from people who may be our friend, maybe our acquaintance, maybe like a teacher. Isolation to me is the cancer of the caregiver's soul. That's why I say the first three rules are isolate, don't isolate, don't isolate, don't isolate. And there's a lot of ways which we can explore, certainly on this program, but you do so well at Caregiver SOS, uh, Carol, as the ways to avoid isolation. So, you know, I number one, I do like that all three rules are the same because they're very easy to remember. So thank you for that. Um, but when we talk about, you talk about, I know summer's coming in there, the air conditioning. Um, you know, we had a recent guest that was saying that variety was really what made caregiving, helped prevent caregiver burnout. It was variety. Um, does that have something to do with isolation, shaking it up, making it a little different? Well, variety is wonderful, and I think you can find variety in places that actually serve to avoid isolation. I mean, let's take the support group. When you put eight people or ten people, excuse me, hopefully not much more than 15 because it may lose its effectiveness and become more of an academic setting, you're going to find variety all around the circle. As soon as you walk in, you're going to find people who were not friends that may become friends. They may be from a different culture, from a different experiential background. They are different age. They may have a different sort of disease state that they're taking care of in their loved one. And, and so the beauty of, of variety is that we get so many points of view. But to do that, how is the first step to avoid isolation should be join a support group? Now, you had mentioned addictions is shrinking your world. Can you as a caregiver get addicted to the care recipient and that's where your focus, your energy, all your time goes? Well, Ron, you're dead on correct here. I mean, your myopic responses or how your world gets smaller is is exactly what happens when a caregiver fixated on their loved one, on the care receiver's issues. I mean, they, it gets so small, and I'm sure Carol, who's a healthcare professional, could also understand this, that we have a difficult time at WellMed even getting caregivers to come in to get medical evaluation. For the themselves. So small. It's not even about their health any longer. Yeah. It's about their loved ones. So, 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 um, so how do you break the cycle? Well, the break the cycle, it's, it's, it's a little deeper than, than we all think. And I wish there was just a one direction. And there really is one direction. I'm sure everybody who's listening to this is not going to like it. Go find a codependency anonymous meeting, period. Really? So, but that's a really big word, that codependency anonymous. What else might would they be calling it? Well, you know, codependency, I, I say it's, it's being addicted, if you will, or being, let's say, having a compulsion to people, places, and things. And what Ron just asked is how do you avoid that, that myopia, that, that self-engrossed peace? You know, when we're dependent upon people, places, and things, 
Uh, we're dependent upon them to reward our self-esteem or to grow us within. Our world becomes very much smaller because literally we're relying on other people to you know, tell us who we are. That's codependency. When we're balanced and we're healthy, and also, like you said, Carol, experiencing the variety of life, um, you don't have to be so externally dependent. You do feel the spiritual connection to self, and you can grow on your own. So I wonder why caregiving is different than, like, let's say, raising children, because I know plenty of parents who become totally engrossed with their kids, uh, and they eat, live, and breathe for their children, taking them to classes and games and, you know, everything, um, but they allow for those other kids' parents, and, you know, everything is, revolves around the kids, but they don't have that isolation why is it so different with caregivers and taking care of someone who may be older or a well, spouse? You know, I think that that's a great analogy. In my world, and, I, and I'm, of course, just like Ron, recent parents, curveballs in our life. I think when you raise a child or become a parent, I think what you're hoping against hope is that you're doing this to set them free, to let them go, to find a way in their lives to, to use the integrity and values you've taught them. But, you know, at some point in time, they have to fly on their own. Now, that's just the opposite often with the controlling nature, the possibility of a caregiver and the care receiver. Instead of allowing them to fly on their own, I mean, it's a chronic and terminal illness, possibly somebody's decompensating over time. And the controlling factor and even the self-engrossed factor, I think, gets more and more intense. There is not this end goal of to let go, which is unfortunate. Well, well and part of that, I know we're going to talk about this next week, Part of that uh, goes against trying to encourage any independence and self-doing and self-thought on the part of the care recipient. You do it all for them. Absolutely. It's a smothering response. And, and, but we do kind of smother or put, our, I say, our clinical spoon our, in our children's soup, and we do stay somewhat enmeshed. Um, it's really, really, you know, not the way we work with caregivers. It, to, 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 actually, to Ron's point, is it becomes a much more controlling sort of phenomena, a suffocating phenomena. And we actually do things that, you know, and I'm sure, like, a, like you said, Ron, next week I hear the title of the, is going to be like this. But we do things that they can do themselves, which unfortunately fosters no letting go. You've just joined us. You're listening to Take 10, part of Caregiver SOS On Air. Dr. Jamie Heisman and Carol Zerniel are co-hosts. I'm Ron Aaron. And Carol? Well, um, so part of isolation comes from other people. It's not uh, in the part of the caregiver. There are a lot of people who are not comfortable with someone who is sick. Um, you know, your, the friends drop off because now that, you know, the spouse has Alzheimer's, they, the things they used to do together, they can't do. And so, My mother used to complain about that. So people all of a sudden, you know, they, they don't know what to do with you or you're just not the fun-loving couple or person that you used to be. So some of that is not uh, on the part of the caregiver, right, Jamie? Right, totally true, and that's why there are steps to avoid isolation, even taking into account that people may well drop off. And so I think a caregiver, there's a few things. Caregivers can utilize an online community, Carol. I mean, it's pretty cool to get on an online community and share common experiences and, and connect with others, and that may be the first step in getting out. Or the caregiver teleconnection can be very helpful. A, a exactly. Well the caregiver teleconnection would be helpful, and I think that would probably, you know, Carol is probably recreating this and finding out that maybe there will be an in-person social thing that could happen after you go through the academics but uh, of what you learn. But also now, if you want to avoid isolation, you can try for respite care. You can call places and get out and have a date, if you will. 
Um, you can set up get-togethers and bring friends and old friends, if you will, to come into your house and, and, and stay in touch. Um, another way to connect, I think, is also to write letters. It's so therapeutic. Um, if you actually write a letter and send it to somebody, that is a very strong, very strong connection. And ultimately, what can I tell you? It's always going to come back to, to this concept of you can also be a good friend to yourself and not isolate. You can also take long baths. You can go out for a movie if you like. You know, like you said, variety. You can write a journal, um, have coffee with a friend down the street. So there's many things you can do even if your friends drop off. And, and yes, sometimes that is a natural phenomenon, Carol. What is it about that? I, my mother, I was saying, complained uh, long and hard about how some of their very best friends, once my dad uh, developed Alzheimer's and really spiraled all the way down, she never heard from anybody. She'd call them. They'd never call back. Isn't that amazing? It's, 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 an, uncomfort, it's an uncomfortable feeling. It's a shadow. It's, I would dare say somebody who does that probably can't embrace that exact experience, which will probably no doubt happen in their lives. You know, as Rosalind Carter says, if, if we're not a caregiver today, we'll be a caregiver tomorrow. But, Ron, it's extraordinarily telling. It is. It, it speaks to a fear and a shadow we've never embraced, that, that that which we find uncomfortable we run from instead of approach, which, which is sad. Well, one of the other problems with isolation is that um, things become magnified or intensified. You were talking about that vacuum earlier. So when we're always in the dark, when we're always alone, when we're only dealing with illness, when we're only focusing on what's wrong and, and what we have to do, then we do get myopic. We do get a, you know, a, a twisted view of the world, and we just forget about everything else. Carol gets the last word today, Dr. Jamie. We are flat out of time, although I'll break into when you walk through a storm. This has been, you got it, Take 10, part of Caregiver SOS On Air, right here on 930 AM. The answer for Dr. Jamie Heisman and Carol Zerniel, I'm Ron Aaron. We'll talk with you soon.